The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsboro Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new Sommelier Interior Edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine inobtrusive episode of the wine fellers ever it's national Kahlua day mark my good feller mark and i will teach you about Kahlua as we drink what else vegan white russians so expect to be amazed wowed and a little horrified but it gets even better during the first half of our show we will be speaking with our favorite french delicacy Flo. She is returning for another incredible flow nose. Wait a minute, Mark. I've just received some breaking news. This is incredible. In addition to speaking with our favorite French delicacy, Flo, Flo's mother, or fabulouslyer Flo, will be on. How many knowledge bombs can two wine fellers handle? We'll find out. All this, the mailbag and the wine fellers news on this week's very special episode of the wine fellers but first what are we drinking today mark and wine, y'all. And wine, y'all. Hey, hey mark what well i think i know what we're drinking today well happy national kalua day Happy National Kahlua Day to you as well, my friend. As you know, Joe, and as probably everyone out there knows, this is uh, uh, National Kahlua Day. is my favorite day of the year. 
And it is. <laughs> you, did you just make that up? No, it really is National Kahlua Day. No, that it's your favorite day of the year? Well, it's one of them. I mean, you know. You, well, what, can you Look. You, well, it's not look. the life. It's. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I go, honey, it's National Kahlua Day. And I went to the fridge, poured me some Kahlua. So. Uh, that didn't happen. No, it didn't. So uh, Kahlua is a coffee-flavored liqueur from Mexico containing rum, corn syrup, and vanilla bean. So congratulations. You've learned something today on the wine <laughs> Well, I hope people don't come tune into this show <laughs> to learn something every time. Uh, Joe, this is a wine show where you learn things about wine and wine <laughs> products. So, <laughs> so that we've done our duty and on to the races. <laughs> Can we start drinking now, Mark? <laughs> so, but we are drinking something wonderful today. Yeah, what is it? We are drinking uh, a white Russian, which is Kahlua vodka, and well, it's a vegan white Russian. Uh, non-dairy coconut vegan creamer. A vegan white Russian. That just sounds uh, like two things that should never be said together. Well, as you know, Joe, we have a big following in Asheville. Yes, yeah, yes. And so we always have to play to your audience. Well, yeah, but uh, couldn't we have made the just rename the entire drink? Like a vegan, uh, you know, Asheville uh Right. Something okay, sure. Okay, the word here's here's my point, man. The word Russian, yes, and vegan in my mind doesn't go together. No, it just doesn't. Okay, a vegan white Asheville. It's like you know, like a, a hippie Republican. Gotcha. It just doesn't happen. Okay, it's not working for me. It, I, I understand. I understand. So it's a vegan white Ashevillian. I'm sure that's the correct term, and uh, <laughs> but but it is National uh, Kahlua Day, and I you know I have no idea how one gets a national day especially if you're a drink like i uh i was just thinking the same thing i mean this sounds like uh i'm always we're learning stuff mark but we're learning with cynicism (laughs) 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 by questioning yes what we're learning and it's always nice that we have these questions that probably are easily googleable if only there was some Way, <laughs> way to do that to do but that. we'd rather just ask the question and i like to pretend i like to postulate that i know uh what google would tell me okay what would it tell you in this case that the kalua day national national Kahlua, now i'm adding words to it national, it's, is it national kalua it's day national kalua okay day. yeah then i know exactly who came up with this day and <laughs> it's not the federal congress well the kalua manufacturer i mean i don't know <laughs> I mean, who else yes yeah. of course right i mean whoever that is but who do they who do they talk to to say oh we want to have a national clue a day so they talk to no they don't, they talk to their marketing department and then they talk i mean to, it's just like if there was like a a national nike you know shoe day right it's the same thing like uh cinco and this is an actu- actually an interesting story about this you know the corona whoever owns that bottling company in the mm-hmm. u.s uh and their efforts to promote the the Cinco de Mayo holiday okay. here in the U.S. Yes, right, uh, which is just so bizarre to me, right? That they have artificially uh, created this market here in the U.S. We're celebrating another country's Fourth of July. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, and and sure. and, and it, to properly do that, you must drink 
uh, uh, the uh, brilliant. Yeah, the beer. Brilliant. No, I, I'm not even going to say the name. They're not going to get right. any free marketing on this. That's show. right. No, I mean I remember selling that, uh, celebrating that ho- uh, that holiday. I think it was uh, last uh, May. <laughs> but um, <laughs> look on National Kahlua Day, Mark, you're drinking Kahlua. Okay. Well, and the thing is, is Kahlua is there are generic versions of Kahlua. There is. Well, yeah. Okay. I, and but it, it's uh, does it I, say on the packaging compare to Kahlua? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I would, uh, yeah, I would like to see that in the ABC stores here. Right. Right? <laughs> I, I took some multivitamins earlier today, and it's, you know, Walmart's brand. Yeah, compared to Com- yeah, one a day. Yeah, compared to one a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, compared to Budweiser, or, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the leading uh, mixer. Compared to Smirnoff. That's good. I like it. We, they should do that. Uh, what um, What do you think is would would go, what would Google tell you about what? if you were to type in to national its interface? Yes, the history of National Kahlua Day. Well, I would think it'd tell me that uh, Jimmy Kahlua. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a farm boy from Iowa, <laughs> Western Iowa. Yeah, he he had a dream. He, well, and before that, he saved uh, like eight people in the war. <laughs> before starting like a a fire company. I mean, like a firefighter company. Yes, and then uh, one day he accidentally poured coffee into his liqueur, and he came up with Kahlua. And so Jimmy Kahlua, mm-hmm. we celebrate today. What is in this stuff again? Kahlua, it's, uh, Bod- I've Kahlua, already forgotten what we're supposed vodka, to learn. Vodka, non-dairy, coconut, vegan creamer. But what's what's in Kahlua? What are the ingredients oh, in Kahlua, oh, oh, right. So in Kahlua is uh, rum. Yes. Uh, corn syrup. Stop right there. I think we've, I think you've you got to follow the money, Mark. It's the corn syrup industry. It absolutely is. Yeah, I think okay? you're right. I mean, they put. Corn syrup in every, they put it in our gasoline, Mark. Mm-hmm. And now, and they ran out of places to put it. Right. And so they said, hey, you know what's not in mixed drinks? <laughs> corn, corn syrup. Yeah, I don't have enough corn syrup in my drinks. Man, th- that's terrible. Well, I don't want corn syrup in my drinks. Well, Mark, you know. Next thing you know, they're going to be putting it in my soda. Google does not lie, Mark. Yes. And my imagination. So- <laughs> Of what Google would say. Well, so but before the next show, maybe uh, one of us will be have enough, uh, uh, I don't know, ingenuity to actually Google this. But we'll we'll see. Mark, cheers! It's on to the mailbag. Don't go anywhere. Welcome. You've got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? I got mail. So what you what you what you got? Wait, do we have mail? <laughs> oh, that song never ceases to amaze me, Mark. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have a tweet. It just came in from Jimothy Savior. 
who listens to our show via WPVM in Asheville. And he tweets, how did you two fellers, and this is, I'm I'm reading ahead here, Mark, and this is going to be a great discussion. How did you two fellers become such incredible, mediocre songwriters? Ah, well, we have a story for you. (laughs) I love it uh, that people even recognize we have more than one talent, Mark. Yes. I'm mediocre to quite a few things. (laughs) Mind you. (laughs) I'll have you know. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) If you want a guy who can, you know, do a sort of a good job at a lot of stuff, I'm your man. I'm your man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not sort of a good job. You know, almost good. Almost. Um, I can get the job started. Well, you, Joe, are actually in a real band. Um, I think anyone can be in a real band. Well, but you were in a real band. I was in a real band. I uh, I I actually love the name of that band. I was in a few real bands. And the first one, I know the one you're talking about. That one was out of uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, back in the uh, mid '90s, and we named the band the the name that came on the used drum set, bass drum. <laughs> so someone had already had this name, right? So we can't come up with it. And the name on the bass, painted on the bass drum, was just Juan. I love that name for a band. That is the best name for a band. It really is. We I have no idea where that came from. Just one. But it was on the bass drum and the bass player was like I or the the drummer was like I don't have enough money to buy a new head for the bass drum. Mm-hmm. So that's the name of our band. <laughs> Just one. We inherited that name. I slept on so many dirty floors. Yeah. While I was in that band, you know, you live in someone's living room. You uh, you're you, digging up change out of people's couch cushions to and you buy. You did this for years. I did that. I did that for three years, and uh, it didn't really uh, pay off like I thought it would. No, I thought within six months I was going to be rich and famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you though, your story a little more intriguing to me because I kind of happened into it by accident. You went to school for it. Well, I went to a high school performing arts, believe it or not, in Atlanta, where um, I learned rather quickly that uh, I was not going to be a concert pianist. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that already? Oh, I had dreams, but yeah, I learned quickly that, yeah, that that was, uh, I was definitely not good enough. (laughs) You show up, see the other kids playing, you're like... So that's what it looks like. <laughs> wow. He's good. <laughs> that's basically was my reaction. Oh, wow. Yeah, so wow. I, I, that dream got uh, squashed relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. I hate that for you, man. I know. So I, I, I started off piano, and then I moved on to uh, acting portion of the school. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> and, and I'm so, sorry. I don't mean to laugh, Mark. No, but it's true. <laughs> Did you write any songs? Did you record any? Did did your love for songwriting kind of come into its own form while you went to this school? Yeah, so I wrote songs during that, that time. And then, you know, um, I think my parents told me that, uh, yeah, you probably, after this school, you're going to need to get a real job and a real education. <laughs> and so that was that. But, uh, you know, it was fun while it lasted. And then I really kind of not didn't do that for years until uh, I met you, Joe. We uh, and and you know we've talked about how we some of about how we've met, mm-hmm. and you were the uh, esteemed, distinguished wine director. 
I don't know where you get that from, but and, that's... well, I mean, you were uh, you came out of the neuropsychology field, mm-hmm. right? And I was a little intimidated. Well, that's ridiculous, right? And but and I, you know, I didn't know. I knew you you uh, were into wine, yeah. And that's the thing; you never know if someone is into music. Sure. And so, just through enough chance encounters, right? We, you know, we actually wrote um, our mm. first song as a chance encounter. We did. We uh, we, we, came were, up we needed the, a theme song. We came up with the idea of the show, and we have the theme. We can't. We th- we're trying to think of the th- first thing we did is try to write theme songs. We can't like. Well, we needed one. We needed one. And I learned that. Uh, I was like, well, look, maybe we can find something on YouTube. And you were like, let's write it, man, because you like. Right, music, right, right. That's when I learned that you had this interest. Right. So we, we you uh, have a studio in your home, and uh, we went down there, and we actually uh, wrote the song. And I think we have actually a recording of probably the very first rendition of the song. So it's, it's you pre- did send that it's, to me. It's pretty rough. I think you can find it there. It's pretty uh, pretty rough, uh, and uh, but we should play it. We'll we'll play it right now. And and uh, thank you, Jimothy Savior uh, from Asheville. Uh, listens to us with WPVM. I'm glad you you asked. I'm glad Mark sent sent along the uh, the it? file. Mm-hmm. We're gonna listen this to the great. Winefeller's first draft recording. His first draft recording. Didn't late even at have, night. Didn't even have <laughs> lyrics uh, yet. Um, and uh, we'll we'll listen to another song of ours after that. Probably our favorite one. Oh, it might be. I think so. Okay. Don't go anywhere. Wine and watch TV. They never thought they never thought they they'd have a radio show on WHUP. They are we are the one fellers and we got to get down. I don't know what we're doing here though. We're the wine fellers, and we got to get down. We've got to, got to get down and sit around drunk and talk wine with you. We are the wine fellers. We swallow to get more mellow.
Don't go anywhere. It's time to be bombed into oblivion with knowledge by our two favorite French delicacies, Flow and Fabulously Flow with Flow Nose. Leave your dirt at the door. Flow Nose, the capital of Idaho. Flow Nose, who is Michelangelo. Flow knows how to play the banjo. Flow knows, flow knows it all. Flow knows how to play the bongos. Flow knows how to find Bordeaux. Flow knows thousand names for snow. Flow knows, flow knows it all. And let it flow. Hey, Flo and Flo's mom. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Amazing time we're going to have here. Thank you for inviting us. We're so excited. So if you just if you've never heard our show before, uh, we like to have periodically Flo on because Flo knows pretty much everything about everything. And for any questions, she's pretty good about uh, about you know answering uh, truthfully and, anything uh, putting knowledge and everything to, knowledge to power or something. But yes. I think so. Yeah. Flo, would you tell us please who this lovely lady sitting by your side is? This is my mom. Her name is Françoise. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet hey, you. Nice to meet <laughs> you. I was told. I was Enchanté. told. You, I was told you don't speak English, but she does speak English she a little bit. She says, "Yeah, she speaks a little bit of English." Okay, so we're going to ask you some questions uh, because we're going to ask actually Flo's mom questions because we think if Flo knows everything, we just imagine what Flo Flo's mom knows. Sure. I mean, we've opened up the lines. <clears throat> we're already getting tweets in. Um, I've I've got someone on the phone now who wants to, to talk. But, oh, good. But first, uh, first of all, I wanted to get to this tweet that okay. just came in. Um, <clears throat> and if if you come up with a question during the segment, send it in. That's right. To the wine fellers. This is just in from Freddie Cheeser, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who lives in Chapel Hill and listens to us via the uh, WCOM station in Carborough. Oh, that's right. Question, uh, and Flo, I'm imagining I'm going to ask you this question. You will translate for us, right? Yes, I will try. Wonderful. Good. Uh, Freddie asks, uh, what part of France, uh, this is a question for your mother, what part of France is she from, and what is her favorite wine from that part of the region? Good question. Okay. All right. Maman, de quelle région viens-tu de France, et quel est ton vin préféré de cette région Bonsoir. Donc, Bonsoir. je viens de Normandie. Je suis née en Normandie. So, she's Alors. from Normandy. Euh, And she nous n'avons pas beaucoup de vin. We don't, have, we don't have wine in Normandy. En revanche, hmm. nous avons du bon cidre. But we have some good cider. Du pomo de Normandie. Pomo is like a... Basically, apple brandy oh. with apple juice, and it's uh, uh, you let it fermented for quite a while, and becomes pomo. It's about 17 degree, mm -hmm. uh, so it's stronger than than wine, but not as strong as uh, an apple brandy. Et nous avons du Calvados. And Calvados, Calvados is. A, an apple brandy. We have a lot of uh, apple orchards um, in Normandy, and uh, we have hundreds of uh, different kinds of apples to make this special cider and uh, an apple brandy called Calvados. Lors de repas festifs. So during 
large meals, mm. nous utilisons un petit verre de Calvados. So you, you have uh, a shot of Calvados. Pour permettre aux gens de to, manger de nouveau. To allow people to eat even more. So at, at halfway, like halfway idea. through yeah. the meal, you have this, we call it the trou normand. Okay. okay, and it's a shot of Calvados that you you drink, mm -hmm. and it, you know, uh, it's a way to uh, it's like a digestive, so you digest your your food and you can eat more. Well, it sounds like a wonderful place to live if uh, you're you're drinking Calvados all the time and. Mais deux petits verres, n'est-ce pas, pour ne pas trop abuser? Yeah, but a small glass. Oh, I take that. Let's back not now. abuse. <laughs> Et, et dans les cafés en, en France, enfin surtout en Normandie, in cafés, in Normandie, les, les gens demandaient, demandaient un café nature. So, uh, some people would just ask for coffee. Quand ils ne voulaient pas que ce soit du Calvados qui soit servi. Ok, so they would just add Calvados to the coffee. Parce que c'était pas le sucre qui, qui, quand on disait café nature, ça voulait dire sans Calvados. Parce que c'était la coutume, on buvait du okay. calvados. Ok, so there's, a, yes, so café nature basically was coffee without, um, without uh, the apple brandy. Ok. Yeah. Wow. So it seems like, you know, it was common to have, to add some calvados to your coffee. Well, it's interesting, you know, talking about the calvados and... Um, The, the, the thing I, I see, see about fr French and, and living in France is that everything's about moderation. You drink the, you drink the Calvados in moderation. Mm -hmm. You have a little piece of chocolate in moderation, a little piece of cheese in moderation. Is that your mom's experience living in France or, or, or growing up in France? Il te demande si, en fait, euh, nous vivons avec beaucoup de modération, la façon dont on mange ou la façon dont on boit. Oui, je pense que nous sommes assez raisonnables. In general, we, we tend to be very reasonable and... Uh, Not eat too much, but <laughs> le calvados est surtout utilisé dans les pour un digestif. Yeah, the calvados is used as a digestive. Mm -hmm. En revanche, on utilise davantage de cidre dans la cuisine. C'est une consommation journalière. Dans yeah, in the we use more cider. It's not as strong. It's about four percent or three and a half percent. And in fact, uh, cider is offered to kids as well. Yeah, that's, a, that's also kind of an interesting cultural difference. There's a lot of cider there, it sounds like. Yes, very much so. We have lots of cider, yes, in Normandy. Mm -hmm. Et il faut savoir aussi que pour faire du calvados, il faut à peu près 100 à 200 variétés de pommes. Yeah, so she's saying that you use about, about 200 types of apples to make uh, oh, wow. um, the uh, wow. calvados It's probably, the cider. Calvados. probably delicious. For, for the calvados. Il faut de la pomme douce. Well, th that's oh, and Mark, guys, I I do not mean to interrupt, oh, sure. but it's rare we we've got we lost someone on the phone, but they're back. Okay, all right. Uh, so if I may, patch okay. our our caller through here. Let's see, what we got. <clears throat> Let me just bring this up and go on air. Uh, caller, hello. You are uh, calling into the Wine Fellers. Um, what is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, my name is Nick Neuster. I'm calling from hey, Raleigh. Hey, all right. Raleigh, North uh, Carolina. Fantastic. Hey, Nick. Uh, Nick, you're, you're on the phone here, uh, you're on the line with the Weinfellers and Flo and Flo's mom. 
uh, as you know. Uh, what is your question uh, for Flo Knows? Well, um, is, this, is this for Flo's mom? Because, you know, I know Flo knows it all. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that the lineage that travels back. <laughs> right. I mean, she might have gotten all of her knowledge from her mom. Probably. So, and, you know, but you've been talking about apples, which is kind of the forbidden fruit. So my question is, for Flo's mom, how old? Should someone be before they consider losing their virginity? There's a two-part question to this. So you can go ahead and answer that question first. So I'm How sorry. old Ugh. should someone be before they lose their virginity? Okay. Now, <laughs> De, à quel âge devrais-tu perdre ta virginité? <laughs> à mon époque... À mon époque, uh, c'était Her assez time. tardif. C'était assez tardif. It was quite late. <laughs> yeah. My mom's... Time. Il ne faut jamais être pressé dans ce domaine. You should never rush in that domain. Well, I mean, do you want to give an age of uh, a general age, you think? Or? Un âge? Veux-tu donner un âge? Évidemment, pour euh, cette période, euh, cela paraît désuète, mais je pense que... Mm, quand on a trouvé la bonne personne... It's when you found the right person. So there's no real, you know, there's no age. But just don't rush. Oh, I that's think that's good. what it is. Don't rush. And don't feel pressured by, I would say, your peers. Yes. Now, you had a follow-up question to this? Uh, Nick? Oh, uh, how old? How old, were, how old were you when you lost your virginity? When did you lose your virginity? Oh, eh, eh. Je, vous, je vais vous le dire, mais tardivement. Tardivement, parce que l'époque était différente. So, quite, uh, quite late, because the, time, the, the times were different. That, you know, it was different. La majorité à cette époque était 21 ans. Yes. 21. Mm-hmm. Yes, the majority was 21 uh, in France. Now it's in a, uh, 18. Et ce n'était pas la mode de commencer très tôt. Yes, and it, it was you know, not very well approved to have sex uh, before 21. <laughs> well, that's all very interesting. I mean, Nick, did that, did, uh, did, uh, did Flo's mom answer your question? Flo's mom answered my question. That is kind of interesting. Very, very interesting. I knew she would know everything. Well, now, now Nick, you're not getting off the call that easy. Uh, you have to now answer the question. How old were you when you lost your virginity? I was 18. All right, there you go. There you go. Uh, Nick, thank you thank for your you, call. Nick. It is always, Mark, so wonderful. Uh, and, and I wanted to mention this for a minute. Uh, the Flow Nose segment has become somewhat of an informal medical uh, <laughs> advice show. It has, but I mean, that. Flow, we keep. <laughs> that wasn't really. Well, I don't know if it was a medical question, but it was. Um, I mean, it was a kind of a social question. And I think, you know, I it, guess it's, so. it's a question people want to answer. Um, we don't really have a call screener oh we do but she doesn't seem to uh, do anything too much i think can, can i interject sure uh, please I, I think you know being french um when i came to the united states um i think a lot of americans think that the french do have sex earlier maybe or they're more casual about it and it's not always true oh that's not true i said it's not always true not always true. we sure. we, we talk about it more openly mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we we do it necessarily. 
You see, we mm. just feel more comfortable talking about sexuality in general and have this conversation with our own kids to protect them. Oh. So it's that's a big difference. And it transpires in in arts, mm-hmm. in in movies. Mm-hmm. And I believe when, you know, they're shown all over the world, people mm-hmm. misinterpret and think, oh, the French only think about s- sex. Basically. Right. Just because you're willing to talk more about it. That's right. See, I think that's that's uh, wonderful because here in the U.S., what do we do? We don't talk about anything, Mark. Right. I was going to say here we have all sorts of problems about the things we don't talk about. Here we are too. We don't talk about it uh, at at all. I mean, we uh, don't we don't put it in our schools. We don't. uh, It's sort of the one of the forbidden topics that. that no one tries to educate other people about. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's very kind of refreshing to hear that in France it's very different. So I guess that your mom, who's sitting here, uh, educated you when you were young. That's right. Il me demande si en fait tu m'as éduqué au niveau de la sexualité quand j'étais euh, plus jeune. Oui, bien sûr. Euh, yeah, she's, uh, she's, uh, she said yes. Oui, parce qu'il fallait aussi prendre des précautions et, et l'éducation fait partie de, de, de cette chose yeah. aussi. Yeah, so yes, it's a very, it's an important part of uh, the parental education. So I can see, like, what, I can kind of picture you and your mom when you're younger, and like, you know, you're like in your teens, and you probably had a gla- you and your mom had a glass of wine, and you're talking about, she was teaching you about, uh, you know, the birds and the bees. Yeah, definitely. Maybe without the glass of wine, because believe it or not, uh, we don't necessarily drink wine when we're fi- 14 or 15 years old. But uh, well, <laughs> Mark, she's trying to educate oh, us like, about the, the uh, you are like, French, Flo. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you sure you were drinking? OK, well, <laughs> but yes, but yes, we, we had that conversation and it's um, and it kept me from maybe making some mistakes. Right. Well, that's a good idea because I mean, you know, I wish someone had talked to me about that because I made plenty of mistakes. <laughs> we can hang out after the show, and I'll tell you everything you need to know, Mark. All right, about time. Flo and Flo's mom, thank you so much for coming on today. It was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Son. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. <laughs>
listening to the Winefellers here on WHUPLP in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Do not go anywhere. The wine news is now. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Winefellers News. Are you a Fifty Shades of Grey super fan? Well, do I have a wine for you. Are you sick and tired of drinking cocktails with those tiny cocktail straws? Sounds like your life is hard and you should drink more cocktails. Do you have nowhere to place your beer while using the bathroom? Well, do I have a toilet roll holder for you right here on the news, Mark? The news. Joe, if our radio listeners are like you and I, they're (laughs) they're absolutely obsessed with the Fifty Shades of Grey book and now movie series. Oh, of course. With this in mind, I have found the perfect gift for you. Oh, boy. Just in time for National Kahlua Day. Now you have my attention. All right. Now, E.L. James, as you know, the author of the <laughs> Fifty Shades series. What? Is, okay, I'll let you finish. I have so many questions already. Has released a line of Fifty Shades of Grey branded wines that she considers a natural extension of the series. As you know full well, Joe, wine plays a huge role in the movie. So it only makes sense that there is now a line of wines that complements every aspect of the movie. As E.L. James says, wine plays an important role in Fifty Shades of Grey, reflecting the sensuality that pervades every encounter between Anastasia and Christian. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have not seen the movie. Oh, I thought I, you, I, were you a Fifty Shades of Grey Superman? I, I, how, I you were. Is, how is, how, what is this movie about? Well, I thought you were going to tell me, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, this is a movie. I know, yeah. I know that the, it's, it's uh, from That's, my, from what I gather. Yeah. It's a little uh, uh, S&M sort it's of. It's about uh, sadomasochism, sort of, right? But like light. And, uh, oh, I, of course. I mean, it was in theaters, Mark, yes. right? This isn't something you get off the dark net no. on the internet, right? So this, uh, but wine, yeah. wine plays a central role in this movie. Uh, sure, <laughs> <laughs> says their marketing department. Well, I think uh, well, this is this is bizarre. So look, um, there's two kinds. There's red satin. <laughs> you're just avoiding this. You're just going on. Aren't you? Well, you're moving on with the story. I, I actually have not seen the movie, but um, I, I assume <laughs> that she's correct that probably somewhere in the movie they are drinking. Well, wine. there's there's a um, uh, and I love how again we don't know anything about what we're talking about. Let's just put the, let's just put it out there right now. Not a thing. This is real news. <laughs> yes. read to you and opined uh, by people who have no idea what they're talking about. So get ready to learn something. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have red satin, which is a variety of red blend. Satin sheets, Mark. Petite Syrah. Bed sheets. <laughs> Bed sheets, and the Mark. One, and the other kind was white <laughs> silk. That's a uh, d- delicate blend of uh, Gewürztraminer 
and uh, Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, so it is uh, another wonderful wine. I don't want to be drinking any wine that's is in the bottle after an S and M party. <laughs> I'm I, just. I don't know, I, so me, it doesn't seem like wine and S and M mixes very well. Well, it here's here's I think. A Wouldn't big, you want to have your wits about you during those? That things? is exactly what I was going to say. I think a lot. I think there's some misconceptions here. A lot of people uh, who don't practice this, like like anything else in life, you yeah. know, they're they don't know a lot about um, this behavior. Okay, yes. they don't understand it, and so they think in their minds, these people must have been out of their heads they yeah. must have been drunk or on some sort of drugs but i think you're right they these individuals partaking in this just like if you're skydiving an extreme sport where you exactly. are getting this rush you don't want to you don't want it to you do not want anything to hamper that right and as you know joe my safe word is no hutna <laughs> and if I if I'm is drink- that the pork factory yeah, down east yeah you, I, wow. told, you, I told you from a recent show you did and so but if i was drinking i might not remember that Safe <laughs> <word>. <laughs> or be able to say it or able correctly. To, able to say it, but it's also hard to drink wine when you have that pool ball inside your mouth, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you know, there's a lot of issues here. Uh, I think uh, I th- I think what's going on here, and this this is exact. Uh, okay, again, <laughs> I'm going to lay down a knowledge bomb here. Okay. Like we do on the wine fellas on something I know nothing about. <laughs> okay, we've done some stories before on uh, the wine targeted towards housewives. Mm-hmm. We have done this. We have, and also I think uh, I think these guys are brilliant. Okay, for doing this, really? I really do. Why? Because uh, you too can drink mm. a little bit of this wine. Right. You don't have to go full-blown S&M. Right. But you can enter the world <laughs> in a world right. of of yeah. of the 50 shades of gray. Right, by drinking. Yeah, and their tagline should have something to do with how shades of gray, like 50 shades of gray until you black out. Oh, nice. You like that? I like that. So something like Yes. A company feel free to what use that. What shade one. of gray are you? <laughs> that is that is really <laughs> That's good. I yep. like that. I mean, I just talk Mark and these these ideas just fall right out of my head. Very good. All right. The second story. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, when it comes to mixed drinks, there is one problem it seems that very few people are talking about. The dreaded cocktail straw. oh yeah Uh, i wish you guys could see the look on mark's face when he said that it's terrible the cocktail straw was originally invented to combat ice but no one has seemed to know what to do with these tiny straws now uh but finally now peggy post an etiquette expert at the family post institute has come up with a series of important cocktail straw rules which joe you've probably (laughs) already seen by now in good housekeeping magazine I have a straw story for you, Mark. <laughs> really? <laughs> I totally have a cocktail straw for you. That's not too many people will tell. I have a cocktail straw for you. Story I actually, for you. I actually do have a cocktail straw story. Okay. It's a little embarrassing, so bear with me. All right. <laughs> I um, was at a bar. This okay. is in my younger years, uh, and I was actually out at the uh, at this uh, bar with mm-hmm. Chef Paul. Who has been on our show before? I know Chef Paul, and we were good friends at the time. And we had just finished playing a set uh, of music in, as as our band, right? At the time, and 
I ordered a scotch and soda. Mm-hmm. And in this uh, scotch double scotch and soda, it actually came with uh, this. It actually, it's not a cocktail straw. It was a full-blown straw in there. Okay. Oh, fancy. Fancy straw. A uh, big full-blown straw in this glass. And I'm sitting there talking to Paul, trying to look so cool. All right? <laughs> I was single at the time. I was just uh, chilling out, hanging with my homeboy. Just finished our set. We're looking good. And so I go to take a sip of my drink. And I forget the straws in there. Mm-hmm. This straw goes straight up my nose, uh-huh. and 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 I start to pull the drink away. Uh huh. But the straw remained. Yes. And I'm making this contorted face, <laughs> trying to trying to get the straw out of my nose, and I'm not. I'm panicking, so I don't just reach up and pull it out with my other no, hand. No, you want to drop it with your nose. Exactly. I like. <laughs> I don't you, want to touch this you thing. You want to do it hands-free. I don't know what's going on. So, like, I'm leaning over the bar. The The drink is now on the bar, and I've got this dripping straw hanging out of my nose. <laughs> I'm making contorted faces. Finally, it falls onto the bar, and I look at Paul with these wide eyes, and he's looking right back at me like, I can't believe what you just did. And he was like, I don't think anyone saw. But that's the thing. So you, they th- are the dreaded cocktail exactly. straws. This this. Makes my point exactly that 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 cocktail straws are the enemy. Yes. What are we? What what does this person say we need to do about it? So this is this is really this I, is, I'm worked up over this. Th- right me now. too. This is timely. This affects me. It, it affected just Juan. <laughs> <laughs> Think what about Juan? <laughs> right. So now finally, there's some etiquette rules how you can handle these situations. Tell me. The first rule that came up that Peggy Post. The etiquette expert, uh, or the article appearing in Good Housekeeping magazine, says, "You can." <laughs> All right, back to that. You hey, can, it reminds me of a straw story I had. You can use a straw to sip your drink or to stir your drink, unless it's a nice crystal glass. If it's a nice glass, do not use a cocktail straw. Ah, uh, he doesn't. That doesn't. You know. How do you know if it's crystal or not? Or just a ni- like a nice glass. If it's just a nice glass, you, you oh right, like if it's in a plastic cup use, at a you bar, can use yeah, a straw. use your straw. But if it's a nice glass, no straw. Well, shouldn't the bartenders know not to put a straw in? Well, a Well, nice they should, and you can remind them of the etiquette rules if they get that wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm sure your next drink will come <laughs> extra strong. Yeah, we much, much appreciative. <laughs> All right, the second rule: gentlemen should never drink through a cocktail straw unless. It's a pina colada. But to, <laughs> but to, Who's ordering a pina colada, Mark? Well, but to go further, gentlemen should never order pina coladas <laughs> uh, unless they happen to be in a tiki bar. And even then... You see the Venn diagrams here. And, uh, <laughs> and so... If this, then that. <laughs> if man and tiki bar, no. <laughs> so... The, 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 I love it. Am I, am, an, am I in a tiki bar? No. Huh. Am I a man? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, I can't. So I, the, what, my takeaway is that if you're a man, according to this, uh, this etiquette person, there's really not too many, too situa- too many situations where you're, begin- you're using a straw or drinking out of the straw. And and you know what? If I'd listened to that advice, you that would you would have I would that would have saved me. I know. So I'm going to say this person knows what they're talking about, because you could end up you know, like uh, this thing was so far up my nose, Mark. Right. It was like touching back near my eye. 
It was one of these things where somehow the straw went perfectly straight up the nose canal. Right. So that and it didn't touch it didn't touch any side of my nose until the very tip like touched my brain. Right. And uh and Yeah, you almost gave it, yourself your own prefrontal lobotomy. Yeah, that's good. So <laughs> it might be better off for it. Uh well <laughs> But but of course the other question is what in the world is a tiki bar? What is a tiki bar? What is a tiki bar? Is that a rhetorical question? No, I'm really asking you. What is a tiki bar? A tiki bar, in my opinion, is uh, a bar made out of bamboo. Right. Or it has the theme of made out, that it's made out of bamboo. It's basically like the island bar. I've never been. Oh, uh, You know, like they got yeah. palm trees in there, The tea, maybe some torches. Is there one around? Oh, gosh. I don't know. You're, are you pretending no, I to don't, not know these things? I, I, I don't think I've ever been to a tiki bar. I have never been to a tiki bar either. Okay. What are these tiki bars? <laughs> That's what like I'm Like you're asking. Like now you have me wondering. We've, think, we've, we've only heard about them I in movies. I think you're right. It's like bamboo and stuff like that. Okay. So the next rule. Cocktail straws should always be black. And never <laughs> use bendy straws or crazy straws in your drinks. <laughs> Or clear. Mine was clear and it blended perfectly. Well, maybe that's why. Yeah, because you know, yeah. dark light and you can't see the straw and a, you know just terrible hazard happens. And Good then point. then you drop to the floor with a <laughs> self-inflicted frontal lobotomy. It's interesting that someone came up with these all these uh, cocktail straw rules. But anyways, it's for our it's like society's safety. It's for everybody's sake. If you choose to remove the cocktail straw, place it on a napkin. Yeah. Wrap the napkin up. And then throw it away immediately. Leaving the straw on the table is an absolute no-no. So basically, treat them like chicken wings. Oh, I leave my chicken wings on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would put it? Uh, yeah, when uh, uh, <laughs> that is the thing about chicken when wiping wings. your bottom, put the toilet paper <laughs> into the toilet. <laughs> well, that's the thing about yeah, that's the chicken <laughs> like chicken wings. People have these whole mounds of bones, and, <laughs> but yeah, that, that does look a little uh, doesn't look great when you're trying to eat uh, in front of other people. So that's probably why she uh, 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 yes. And we just got a text from somebody uh, oh. that said uh, straws kills turtles. I don't know that straws can Hashtag kill. Hashtag peanut gallery. <laughs> well, look, look, Mark. Here's how here's how that works. Yeah, right? it's just like you know the storks. Uh, and pelicans and uh, get tangled up in the uh, six-pack mm -hmm. uh, rings. Turtles Tur get tangled up in straws? They are inexplicably, inexplicably drawn to straws. Did you know this? <laughs> Sounds ridiculous. No, it's like, you know how bunnies eat a blade of grass? Right. They start at one end, and it just kind of uh, slowly goes into their mouth as they chew it up? Uh-huh. Turtles, same way with straws. All right, well, we need to get to our, our third story, our Tell last me. story. All right. Joe, let me know if you already know this, uh, uh, but toilet drinking is now a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know By this. that, I mean, uh, <laughs> so luckily uh, there is a delightful little invention that allows you to reach for your can of beer or glass of wine <laughs> right from your toilet seat. And I'll show oh, you. Turn it around. I'll show Joe a picture. <laughs> and basically what it's it is. It's a cup holder. That attaches to your <laughs> toilet roll holder. It's like an all-in-one. What they need to do is just make beer come with toilet paper wrapped around it. So toilets. So this is a <laughs> thing just now. Wouldn't work at all. So you know, toilets aren't the only place that you can drink easier. Uh, you saw that. They also have uh, uh, beer holders that come on uh, lawnmowers. 
Yes. Oh, right. Why do we have uh, cup holders on lawnmowers? Right. When you spend, you know, a couple hours on there a week. It's for when you're when you spend many more than that on the toilet. That's a good point. Right. With no cup holders. And and it's actually a lot safer on the toilet than it is on riding a lawnmower. Yeah. Why are they encouraging us? To drink and drive. Drink and operate heavy, dangerous machinery mm-hmm. when really they should be thinking, hey, we could save some lives here. Right. So, and that's obviously what these people are thinking. Well, you know, so like six months ago, I came, uh, I, I showed you, it was part of our projects 50, whatever. It's Winery 51. Winery Mark. 51. It's our special projects out in Nevada but for Winery. It was a way to like projects. to smuggle alcohol and beer into stadiums and things like that. And we yes. came up with some really good ideas. Yes, you did. But, you know, since that conversation, there has, probably because of our conversation, there's been a flurry of new products to mm-hmm. hit the market mm-hmm. that uh, can help you to sneak into. Uh, uh, stadiums and, and things like that. Not that we're advocating that, but if people are no, so in, so inclined. No. So the the first thing, uh, the first thing that just came out is very new. It's called the beer beard. <laughs> Have you heard of this? I've not though. <laughs> so I'm showing you. Oh, a picture. that's ridiculous. So basically, it's it a is, really long it's a beard, giant lumberjack beard. But it's so long. It's so long. What and do hairy. you call those um, very religious uh, um, people who are Jewish who have the really long beards? Uh, I forget, but also Amish have it too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just yes. picturing some old man right. with a giant long beard. He's either making furniture in rural Pennsylvania. Yes. And he just, uh, this beard must be three to four feet long. Yeah, and so it, under this hairy thing that it doesn't i have to say the beard doesn't look too legit <laughs> especially as this young 20 year old kid is wearing it and uh on the package but oh um but gosh. you can hide a big i guess like a black like a beer bladder in there and so <laughs> um but you know and i guess the straw is concealed yeah the straw is concealed and so yeah good luck getting through the stadium security with this thing but oh it's way too conspicuous mark so the next one i want to show you that's just come out <clears> is <throat> the beer underwear Oh, my gosh. Oh, that is disgusting. So you whip it out. You unzip your pants and whip out this flask. Yes. This interesting looking flask and then pour the contents into a cup you're holding between your legs. Yeah, it's a flask. And then go on to drink it. It's a flask that's between your legs. And like, it's a good idea because who's going to pat you down probably as you enter the uh, These people are taking it way too far because you you get in past security and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I made it. Time to make it look like I'm drinking my own pee. Right. And everyone around you is going to be like, dude, do you have that big of an alcohol problem? Well, so the, <laughs> the next trick people are using to get into stadiums is the beer sombrero. Now, this now is, that's just fake. No, it's a beer sombrero. <laughs> that thing must weigh a thousand pounds. But it, it's like a, a hundred cans of beer shaped in the sombrero shaped like a sombrero you know, no one's going to notice that yeah so you can walk i mean you know like you walk in and like oh this is just my sombrero my everyday <laughs> sombrero i'm wearing to the stadium because it's hot out and sunny and it, but it's made out of beer cans and it's shaped like a sombrero i think it's a pretty ingenious idea they should just <clears throat> you know people are inventing these toilet paper uh, holders with cup holders for your beer yeah and really it's all been solved. You just need to wear the beer sombrero everywhere you go. Always wear your sombrero. <laughs> and then the next one I want to show you, this is actually a really good idea okay. because this will fool people if you walk into a stadium with your uh, Duck Hunt uh, Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> 
from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. So it looks like if you... No, not the SNES, just the regular Nintendo Entertainment yeah, System. Yes, so if you remember the old school Nintendo uh, you know, game cartridges that you plug oh, in. Oh, sure, like, yeah. It looks like that. What well, is that? And But you inside it, it's not the actual memory. It's the uh, beer or whatever you're holding. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a good idea. So you walk into the stadium with your cartridge. <laughs> the wine fellers speak and the world's the world's the world listens. It's not a bad idea uh, with your duck hunt <laughs> Nintendo cartridge. And uh, yeah. And the last one I want to show you is the uh, cat tap. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. That's just a cat with like saddlebags on. Yeah, it's and like then a, the saddlebags are two beers. It's a cat, a real cat with macrame saddlebags. <laughs> Finally, and, a uh, use for cats. And on both sides of the saddlebags, or, or both sides of the cat, are yeah. two beers. I yeah. see that. It's not now, a bad idea. I, now, when I look at that, Mark, it makes me wish I was a tiny miniature person that could ride that cat around. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could all dream. But uh, so you just let you know that people are still trying to think of these things. And, uh, you know, they're being really creative about how to uh, sneak their beer into new and better places. Thanks, Mark. You've been listening to The Weinfellers. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Weinfellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies. Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Sun, 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 sun,
104.7 FM, WHUP LP Hill.